Podcast Markets with Sean Hackett. Sean is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida. And this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow, as well as Tractor Zoom delivering insights. Well, Sean, it is, uh, we're pretty much in this full blown um, stay at home, stay at home, shelter in place, or whatever, whatever term they're using now with this coronavirus thing. And um, the Upper Northeast is getting hammered by it, and um, there's mixed reports about what's going on across the other parts of the United States. But right now, there is a uh, a big um, kind of gloomy cloud kind of hanging over the economy, especially with this upcoming um, uh, uh, job jobs report coming up here pretty quick, with the number of people that have filed for unemployment here in the last couple of weeks. So, I guess. Uh, I guess give me your synopsis of the last uh, last ten days or so, and and then kind of what you see happening moving forward. I think we have to separate the disease from the actions. Um, there is a temperature band around the northern hemisphere that has shown community spread risks that are serious: Italy, Iran, South Korea, Wuhan, uh, New York City, now Chicago. Seattle, these are all in a similar band where there's temperatures between 35 and 55 degrees where the virus tends to really go crazy and it's very hard to control. And, and in those areas, it is a very serious situation. The good news is that as you get above 60 degrees, the virus really deactivates. So when you, when you get further south of there, there's isolated cases, but not community spread. Um, unfortunately, um, what has happened is that everyone trying to be safe versus not uh, has decided to shut the whole country down um, despite the fact that it's really a, a few regions that are really experiencing this. And because of that, um, we have put ourselves in a short-term depression. I mean, it's not a recession. It's a depression. I mean, all the numbers that we're starting to get are showing that the U.S. economy will, is likely to drop between 25 and 30% in the, in the, in the in the next three months based upon shutting the U.S. economy down. Now, of course, we've purposely put ourselves there. And of course, the minute we open the economy up again, we will get some of that back, but we will not get all of it back. Casey. I mean, we've, there, there's some of that decline that is going to be more permanent. And what the, I, I view it this way, the whole world is shut down, right? So the whole world is in one big margin call. It, it, right. Speaking okay. to the future markets, okay? All right, I'm digging it. Meaning, right. meaning I, have, I have rent to pay, I have mortgage to pay, I have car payments, I have utilities. That's my margin call on a monthly basis. And if you tell me that I have to go home and you shut my business down and I have no money, I can't pay the margin call. And if I can't pay the margin call, I either have to sell assets, which is what we've been seeing happen. If I have them, if I don't have assets, then I don't pay and mm-hmm. I default. And so what the government is doing, understanding this, is saying, okay, we understand everybody has a margin call, so we're going to put money into the bank accounts of everybody. We're going to give money to businesses. 
and we're going to give you the capital to, and, and we're going to tell you you don't have to pay that rent. You don't have to pay the mortgage. You don't have to uh, make those payments right now. We're putting the margin call off. You don't have to pay it right away. It, it, it's off in the distance, and we're going to give you some cash until we can fire things back up again and then find out what the real long-term damage is to the U.S. economy. And that's what this $2 trillion bill is. Right. It's putting out money so that you don't have to make the margin call right now. It's the right thing to do, given that we've shut down. We can argue whether we should or should not have shut down the U.S. economy, but that we did. They must have had to do it, Casey, or else it would be, you know, I have ketchup. You need ketchup. I need your, <laughs> right. you know, I need your mustard. So we just swap bartering. I mean, that's what it would come down to if you didn't do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Things are. Uh, I have mixed feelings about about the the whole bill thing. I mean, not so much about getting people the money and those kind of things. It's everything else that's in it. You know what I mean? It's just eight hundred thirty three page bill to get people two thousand bucks or whatever the number is that they're going to get. It seems to be like there's might be a a, a large amount of uh, pork bill pork barrel spending in, inside of a bill that should just be a pretty cut and dry thing, but. It's politics, right? <clears throat> um, all right. And, so, uh, pol- politicians never let a crisis go to waste. That's they right. Always will put their pet projects on. That they've yeah. done this forever, and, and this is an opportunity to get things through. They could never get through otherwise. Unfortunately, that's our system. Yeah. They like it or not, and it's not nice. Yeah. Or not is the part that you need to stress in that. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this today is the. Uh, Export report uh, is going to start coming out. Uh, weekly export report is going to come out, and uh, looking at the numbers that are expected expectations for the for corn. Um, I think if you just don't sell anything, the market might go up because they're, they don't they're not expecting anything. Uh, maybe a hundred thousand metric tons here is what their kind of was what their expectation is. Right. So I, and same as soybeans, I guess take a look at what's what's been going on. China's been kind of poking its head in here every once in a while, and. I'm picking up a few things, whether it's hogs. There's been some soybeans uh, last week. We talked about that last week, and some corn last week. Um, I guess talk about what you think is going to happen with the export report, and 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 where do you think the uh, the biggest play might be um, for some some stuff going overseas? Well, right now, I mean, I think with, you know, a lot of ag markets have actually caught a big, whether it's bean meal, whether it's the coffee market. You know, there's been some surges here. Um, mm-hmm. Wheat market just taking off right. um, in the midst of all of this. And what is starting to happen, and we're seeing it everywhere, we talked about this in our report, is, a, is this idea of security of supply, availability of supply. Supply may be there, but it's not available. It's not readily accessible to those that need it. Um, and so we're starting to see hoarding. We're starting to see stockpiling. We're starting to see countries pick up the pace on buying from those that are willing to sell. So, for example, uh, the the Russians said that you know they might put a ban on future exports, and they're taking a close look at what they have available for sale and, de- and deciding how much they of what they still have they want to get rid of because they're worried about supply. In Vietnam, they put a ban on rice exports. I don't think they've ever done this before, and they're because they're taking a closer look at how much rice they actually have and how much of those supplies they really want to you know remove themselves from. Every country now is strategically looking at these important food items and saying, you know, in this instance, in this environment, when we may not have access, you know, maybe we just want to hold on to what we have. And that means exports from the U.S., which is right now the only place that has willing supplies to sell to the rest of the world. I think we're going to see continued strong exports in most markets, surprises to the upside. 
China's going to continue to buy, and I think many other countries are going to continue to buy, whether it's Japan, whether it's South Korea. You know, we got an indication Iran was going to come in for a huge amount of wheat uh, in their next tender, well above normal. So this trend of increased demand due to concern over availability of supply and, and the desire to stockpile is good news for U.S. agriculture, actually. It's, um, and I don't see it going away right now. I think we have scared the heck out of every government out there. And they have decided just-in-time inventory may, be, may no longer be uh, good anymore for them. And so, so I'm expecting these reports to continue to be surprisingly strong, despite the fact that everyone's concerned about demand right now. You know? Yeah, that, that's the other thing, too, I was going to bring up, is the fact that, that there is, it seems like the whole world, and I guess that's the difference between um, having a robust ag system what, that has the ability to get the infrastructure to get crops and, and cattle and pork and everything else to wherever it needs to go with, with relative ease and what that looks like. <clears throat> we are, we're, we're selling stuff as fast as people want to buy it. Other people that would typically be export, like Vietnam or somebody like that, when it comes to rice, would typically be exporting that stuff out. They're just talking about holding it all where they're at. Um, I guess that's a difference in, in mindset and different in difference in, in, in their ability to, to grow and, and what they have have to go on. Because we know we're going to have 90 million acres of corn or <clears throat> corn and soybeans that are going to come down the come down the pike here. Hopefully, come down the pike here this year and, and what that looks like. So there's a uh, that's that strong sense of of uh, community, I guess, when it comes to selling stuff to us. It's just another it's just another year, and that's what we're seeing on every farmer I've talked to. It's just you know I got a crop to plant and a crop to harvest, so is what it is. Well, and, and, and I already look at what's going on in South America, Casey, and and they're already we haven't even gotten to this to their winter season where the virus could really, really have community spread down there. That's mm -hmm. the next thing to watch is that the 35 to 55 degrees is going to move into Argentina and Southern Brazil. And, and but they're already shutting lots of parts down. And so the, for example, the port of Santos, which is where most of the coffee uh, gets sold out of, you know, there it's half shut down because workers aren't coming. They're worried. They're scared. Coffee market has rallied 20% off their lows just in the last week. Um, and if this were to, if, 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 and I think a lot of people are looking down there and saying, we may not be able to rely on South America for corn and soybean exports this, when, when they're available this summer, if this thing really gets out of hand, we had better, A, buy from them whatever we can, but we really better go to the United States and buy from what we can from them because they're willing sellers. Um, and, and so this whole concept of who can we rely on to produce food, and sell us reliably quality product day in and day out, month in, month and out, everyone's realizing that the United States is one of the few places you can go to to do that. And I think it's going to change this aversion to having the U.S. be the holder of all stocks and the buyer of last resort comes to us to being we are the first place they go to because we know they, everyone wants to get real friendly with us because they feel they're going to need us going forward especially if South America becomes a basket case. It's really, it's not good news for humanity, <laughs> but it's good news for U.S. agriculture. Right. And quite frankly, you know, that's what I um, uh, spend my days and, and, and my, my work and my efforts trying to do is try and promote a better environment for U.S. agriculture. And I think all the supports 
rewarding our farmers for being the best in the world at what they do. Yep. So. <coughs> no doubt about that. That's for sure. Okay, two things that you alluded to, or one thing you alluded to earlier, and the other one I'm going to throw in here real quick is wheat price has been just on a on a rocket ship going up, man. It's been up 20 cents, up 10 cents, up 15 cents. I mean, it's just up, 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 big time, comparatively to where it's been over the past six months. Um, and to your, you know, you alluded to the fact that people are stockpiling, hoarding, those kind of things. The flip side of that is um, the cattle price that has been kicked around, a bunch, um, box beef, you know, on, uh, cold storage reports, and those kind of things have just been getting decimated by the number of people going to the grocery store and buying, you know, 17 years worth of hamburger to put in a freezer that they don't have room for. But, but they've got they've got all this stuff going on here. So cattle prices now are, are starting to pick back up because the the kill rate is going up and the amount of box beef to replace and on and frozen uh, frozen stocks and those kind of things are all are all dwindling so fast. So talk about those two items and, and actually let's focus on the cattle first. Cattle market to me is the most, is the most interesting one that we've seen so far because of what it's been, what it's done and then the adverse reflect, uh, reflection of the amount of box beef that's getting shoveled onto grocery store shelves. We talked about this last week, I believe in, in our, yeah. in our, in our talk, and we talked about the, the stripping of supermarket shelves of every amount of, beef, every ounce of chicken, every ounce of pork, um, um, and, 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 you know, yes, you can put some in the freezer, but, you know, this, this, is, this is not like, um, you know, rice where you can throw it in, in, in your storage uh, right. in for six months and it's still going to be good. So, um, and it also comes down to the idea that, that the trend is if everyone is staying home forcibly right now, but even when we go back to work, I think more people are going to spend more time at home cook more at home, and we have a very, very early start to the growing season. We talked about, I mean, to the uh, spring season. We talked about this last week and how the last two years, we didn't get warm weather till mid-late June. Right. But it's hot. and It's warm in it's, a lot of places. That means the growing yep. season is going to be two to three months earlier than it was the last couple of years. And if everyone's home and, and having cabin fever and wanting to do something to just enjoy themselves, get that grill fired up, Get that the beef and the chicken on there and keep doing that. It, I think the demand throughput for things like beef are going to be. And, and by the way, you know all this money that's going to be handed to people. Um, you know, let's put. It, I mean, people aren't going to pay their mortgage bills with it. They're going to be buying more food with it. Right. That's really what it is. They're going to be able to say, "I can feed my family for the next month or two or three, depending on how much money we get." Uh, but I'm not making my mortgage payment. That's for food, and that feeds into this idea that this demand on the supermarket level isn't going away. And, you know, beef is clearly going to be uh, in high demand, at least domestically. And, um, and, and, and the rest of the world is, is doing the same thing, doing the same thing. So remember, at, at, we went below the Tyson fire lows. Yeah. You can believe that. At that level, I think we said this last time, every, every cattle producer would take a gun and shoot their entire herd because it's, it's, it's all over. We're not going to have anything to grow. We're not going to have any animals to feed because it doesn't make any sense. So we had to start going back up. And, of course, limit up, limit up. You know, this market's now in a wild V bottom, just like the Tyson fire, where it went straight down and straight back up. So I'm very optimistic. You know, that straight-up trend is going to continue for well into the spring before we get prices back to, to, to anything that makes 
remote sense to, to anybody. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the same way. So let's talk about the the wheat market for a minute. It's doing the exact same thing. It's going up, 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 up as fast as it can after you're just getting just kicked around like nobody, like a redheaded stepchild someplace in the middle of nowhere, right? So I, I guess talk about that and where you see that coming from. So is that is that uh, an, a, an an adverse ref- reflection of what you see happening with like Iran or something like that coming to the table saying, hey, I need a bunch of wheat because I got a bunch of people to feed or I'm scared. I need to make sure I stockpile whatever. Is that is that where the wheat thing's coming from? Wheat and rice feed half the world. Right. Without wheat and rice, half the world would starve to death. And I don't say that tongue in cheek. It's the truth. And if when anyone when, when the world gets worried, those that cannot produce enough for themselves get worried about food security, they don't go out and buy corn. They buy wheat and rice, and they buy a lot of it, they stockpile it, and they buy as much as they can because if they cannot feed the Iranians, if they can't feed the Vietnamese, it's revolution. And and so so the, the wheat and the rice market are 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 benefiting from this. These are the two must-have ag markets in the world. You must have them um, at all costs. And I, and I mean that at all costs. You will print the money and pay whatever needs to be paid to get the supply, to get into your country so that you can give the free food to your, to your people and keep them happy. And it is clearly what's going on in wheat right now. Um, you know, so what's, what, what's going to happen, Casey, is going to be this initial panic buy-in. Like we saw at the supermarket chain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to they're buy, they're going to acquire X amount, and then they're going to pull back a little bit and see how this plays out. And there could be a second wave of this buying, but right now we're still in the, the first wave of everybody trying to secure enough supply that they get a little more comfortable than where they were at. And, and clearly the wheat market's been a huge manifestation of that trend, without a doubt. Yep. Oh. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and let's hope things continue on the same path that they're going and, and, and kind of bring some of these prices back up. Um, getting a lot of mixed markets here, especially in the corn and soybeans where they're up and down or in interday volatility and stuff. Not nearly as bad as it's been, but I'm afraid when the jobs report comes out on Monday that we're going to see um, we're going to It'll see be the worst like, ever. Yeah. The biggest drop ever. It'll be uh, – they haven't seen anything less since the 1930s. I mean, we, it's going to be depression kind of numbers. It has to be. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, yeah, it's just, it do you, but, the, but the market's going to react to that because their algorithms are all built to say, hey, you know, holy crap, if this is happening, X happens, we have to do Y, and there's nothing going to stop that, and there's just going to be this free fall and panic and everything else that comes with it, and then the next day we have up, we're up 3,000 points. And, 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 I agree. You know, You're going to have the, the yin-yang, yin-yang, yep. yin-yang, it's going to be like it for a while because the numbers are going to be really, really bad. Yeah. For a while, and, and at some point, the market just is going to get numb to it. Um, but we, I think we're just getting—we're not there yet. You know, we're 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 still in the shock and awe of what is happening to us. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, good stuff, Sean. This is uh, some unique, unprecedented times. I haven't seen anything like this. Uh, we've been in different situations like this uh, in in U.S. history, but nothing like this. This is a. Uh, we're, we're doing this to ourselves and not because of something that happened somewhere and some crazy thing, you know, triggered something. This is, we're, we're taking the, doing this to ourselves. So good information as usual. Those, the, the, the Hackett reports that you guys put out, uh, Hackett financial reports you put out are amazing information. Uh, I love reading those things because the amount of information you get out is awesome. If I wanted to get some stuff like that, what's the best place for me to find it? Go to our website at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T. 
advisors.com. You can get sample reports, look at some of our podcasts, our video interviews to see with, you know, with what we do to see if what we do uh, would be of value to your listeners. Right on. Well, make sure you guys go out and do that because Sean, Sean's one of the best in the marketplace and what he's talking about happens and, and he follows it um, with uh, great detail. So, Sean, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate it. Have a good week. All right. Make sure you check me out at Moving Iron LLC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you check out the movingironllc.com website. Also check out globalagnetwork.com. And thanks to Dry Shot Boots for being the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. So until next time, Casey Seymour, Sean Hackett. Let's go with some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Move